For those of you that don't know, I'm Dusty's younger sister, one of his five younger sisters, um, and I am not a public speaker. Um, this would be the first time I've ever preached, so you guys just hang in there with me, and we'll see if God's got something for the both of us. He definitely had something for me. Let's just see if it's for you guys as well. Um, and excuse me if I'm looking down at my notes a lot. I just don't want to get off topic and um, keep you guys too long. Not that I probably will. Y'all are used to Dusty. Um, and I'm thinking we'll all be out of here by like 12 at the latest, okay? So bear with me for 15 minutes and let's see what God has to say, okay? Okay, so today I want to talk to you all about a crisis of belief. Um, if you're taking notes, you can write some things down. We don't have scripture on the board today um, just due to being shorthanded in there. So write the things down that I say. Go back and check me. Make sure I didn't like, you know put any of my own words in the Bible scriptures and things like that. If you do have a Bible or a phone, go ahead and follow along with me. I know y'all are used to it being on the board. Um, okay, so we're talking about a crisis of belief. It sounds kind of daunting, um, but when I'm talking, I normally like to give definitions. It's just something that I do. We probably all know what these words mean, um, but just, just something that I like to do. So y'all are going to get the definition of these words. Um, So the definition of the word crisis is a time of intense difficulty. And the definition of the word belief is acceptance that something is true. So intense difficulty accepting that something is true, a crisis of belief. You're with me so far? Okay, basically what you are seeing doesn't line up with what you know to be true. And in this case, what we are seeing in the world around us doesn't line up with what we know to be true about God. We can experience a crisis of belief. Oh, when this happens, when we, what's going on in the world around us doesn't line up with what we know to be true about God, that's when we experience a crisis of belief. A season of struggling and doubting God and his goodness in our life. It is like the valley after the mountaintop. You know, you're saved. You know God and everything is going your way. You seem to be, you seem to be getting blessing after blessing, but then something happens. Something goes wrong. Now it can happen some, the, the thing that could happen could be something seemingly small or it could be something um, incredibly life-altering. And it can happen multiple times throughout your life, a crisis of belief, um, as it has in mine. So throughout our lives, we all find ourselves wrestling with the spiritual questions. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do some people seem to get what they pray for while others don't? Why did that happen to me? I was just a child. Why did my loved one have to die? Why does it say over and over again in your word to ask and it shall be given? But when I asked you to heal my daughter, you didn't. These seemingly unanswerable questions pop up and cause me to wrestle with what I know to be true about God. 
so I wish I were standing up here to give you all the answers to all the questions so that none of us would have to wrestle anymore. But unfortunately, the answer is, I don't know. But I do know that, that it's okay to wrestle. You can still have a sincere faith in God even as you wrestle with the unanswered questions. Okay, got that out of the way for a minute. Um, Okay, so in Genesis chapter 23, Jacob literally wrestles with God. God told Jacob to return to the land of his father and that he would bless him. Jacob sent word ahead that he was coming, and after the response, he was certain that his brother Esau was going to kill him. He began to cry out to God, reminding him that he had said he was going to bless him, that he had said his descendants would be as many as the sand in the shore, as if God had forgotten, right? What Jacob knew to be true, what God had told him, didn't line up with what was going on, with what he thought was happening. He then divided up his servants and his livestock. He hid his wives and his children away. And then in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, I'm going to read just real quick here. It says, then Jacob was alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Then when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with man and prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? He and he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life was preserved. Jacob was having a crisis of belief. He believed that God was who he said he was, and that God intended to bless him, but that didn't line up with what seemed to be happening what seemed to be going on around him. He wrestled with God all through the night and walked away forever changed because of it. And God wasn't mad about it. He blessed him for it. I used to feel like God would be upset with me or disappointed if I asked questions. You know, like when you have a, a toddler like Azalea who asks, why, mommy, why, why, mommy, all day, every day. And sometimes you just want to say, because I said so. Um, I felt like that was the response I would get from God, but that's not the heart of the Father. Although the why is not always explained or understandable to us, we wel he welcomes the questions and blesses us for being willing to wrestle. About a year ago, I'm sorry, about a year and a half ago, I was hit with my biggest crisis of belief yet. 
most of you probably already know about our story. Um, but for those of you who don't, here is a very condensed version. In June of 2019, we found out that we were expecting our second child. RJ and I were very excited, but something felt different from the beginning. We soon found out that our baby girl was facing some major life-threatening obstacles. And would only, would most likely only live a few days after birth if we made it to that point. In February 2020, Adeline was born. And we spent 15 days with her in the NICU before she went home to be with the Lord. Throughout the difficult pregnancy, the birth, her time here, and her death, I wrestled. I could feel God working through all of this. I could feel God walking through all of this with us, but I couldn't understand why he wouldn't heal her. I knew that he had the power. I saw him work so many miracles throughout that time, but just not the one we were praying for. At some point in my pregnancy, I was reading a devotional in the Bible app when I came across a quote from a book called Hope in the Darkness. I ordered the book and I read it twice throughout my pregnancy and then once again when Adeline passed away. The book is based on the book of Habakkuk in the Bible. Habakkuk, as I discovered, did some wrestling of his own. Habakkuk was a prophet who after hearing God's plan to raise up the Babylonians and destroy the tribe of Judah, he openly questioned God's wisdom. Now we're going to look um, at the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. This is when Habakkuk's openly questioning God. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear me even cry out to you violence and you will not save why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me there is there is strife and contention arises therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous therefore perverse judgment proceeds and then he questions God again um, in chapter, I mean, in verses 12 through 14. Oh Lord, are you not from everlasting? Oh Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die, oh Lord. You have appointed them for judgment. Oh Rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eye than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devour a person more righteous than he? Habakkuk was confused. 
what he saw and what he knew to be true about God weren't lining up. God was raising up the Babylonians who were more wicked than the tribe of Judah to destroy the tribe of Judah. It was hard for him to grasp that the God of Israel would sit on his hands and allow this to happen. Have you ever felt like that? God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? God can handle any question we dare to ask him. He may not answer in an audible, booming voice, but he isn't angry with us when we ask. When you ask God the tough questions, you have to be prepared to listen to his answer, even though you might not like them. After Adlin passed away, we had clearly gotten our answer from God. It was a no. No, his plan was not for us to have a miraculous miracle of healing. But God, I thought you were a miracle worker. I thought you were a healer. I thought you would save us from this loss. The next year would prove to be the hardest year of my life as I struggled with my crisis of belief. But I only had two choices, walk away or struggle through. So I wrestled. And I'm still wrestling sometimes today. His presence was real in my pain and is still real in my pain. And it becomes more real in the valley than on the mountaintop when I recognized that the way was through, not out. Some people slide into the valley and sink even further, turning their back on God for not doing what they knew he could do. One of the best ways to climb out of the valley is by remembering what God has done. There's so much evidence in my life that God is for me. And if you take a closer look at your life, I promise that you will see he's for you too. The peaks are nice, but you don't see many farms on the mountaintops because the growth happens in the valley. And you can learn about parts of his character that were too deep for you to comprehend before your crisis of belief. The book of Habakkuk has only three short chapters. Y'all go home this week and read the whole book of Habakkuk. It won't take long at all. Um, and the book that I mentioned earlier, Hope in the Darkness, breaks down the chapters like this. Chapter 1, Habakkuk questioned and wrestled. Chapter 2, he listened and waited. Chapter 3, he ex embraced and accepted. It is a process. You don't just question and leave it at that. Ask the questions, and in his time, God will meet you there and remind you of who he is, what he has done, and what he is still doing in your life. You can't have a chapter three kind of faith without a chapter one kind of wrestling and a chapter two kind of listening. The last verse, or the last couple of verses in the book of Habakkuk, are a hymn of faith. 
much like the Christian songs we sing today that um, start out struggling and end proclaiming God's goodness and God's glory, much like a lot of the songs we sing this morning. Um, so I'm going to read that to you now. Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit on, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flocks may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he, and he will make me to walk on my high hills. After everything Habakkuk had gone through, he remembered who God was and embraced what God was doing. The name Habakkuk actually means to wrestle and embrace at the same time. You don't have to do one and then the other. You can wrestle with the wise of this world while being in the embrace of the one who holds the world in his hand. If, like Habakkuk, you are willing to lean into the hardships, into the hardships that you are facing and wrestle with God, I'm sorry, and wrestle with how God might use it to achieve his purposes, then you can begin to climb out of the valley. So wherever you are on your journey with the Lord, if a crisis of faith arises, remember what God has done, accept what God is doing, and trust what he's going to do. It's okay to wrestle, and it's necessary to embrace. Even when you don't see the full picture, after all you've been through, even when you don't see the whole picture, after all I have been through, I can stand here today and say that God is good. God is a miracle worker. He is a healer, but that's not all he is. He's also a comforter. He also mends my broken heart. He is rest when I am weary and he never left my side. And he's working all of this for my good. I may be weak, but his spirit is strong in me. My flesh may fail, but my God never will. We're going to take a minute and sing that um, bridge again because it just so speaks to what I feel like God gave me to share with you guys. I told you it wasn't going to be very long, um, but it just so speaks to us just being weak, but God will never fail. Even when you go through trials of many kinds, as we're all going through trials, um, God's still good. He is, and it's okay to question what's going on and to wonder where God is but it's not okay to walk away.
Y'all stand with me and sing this. allowing us to wrestle with the wise of this world while we're in the arms of you, God. Thank you that when we're weak, you're strong in us, God. Thank you for your blessings and your provision. And thank you for being a good God who loves us and who works all things together for our good. 
We trust you. We praise you. We need you. I pray you just bless everyone as they leave today, Father, and that something, hopefully they came from you and not just from me, touches their hearts, God. We just love you and we thank you.